Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assemble. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. All right, guys, welcome back. We're here to talk about She-Hulk episode five. I almost said episode four. I don't know what episode we're on anymore, but we are on episode five. And obviously, this is Katie, not Taylor, greeting you all here. That means that Davis is here in her spot, and I am trying to hold down the fort to the best of my ability. So we want to welcome Davis back again, and we're really excited to talk about this newest episode as we've been with every She-Hulk episode. So Davis, how about you kick it off with your initial thoughts? Sure. Well, again, thanks for having me back on the podcast. Always uh, a fun time, because then actually I watch each episode in even more detail and with even more focus, because I know I got to talk about it. So <laughs> I enjoy the episodes a lot more because I actually have to pay full attention. That's fair. <laughs> But yeah, so I think um, with this episode, it, it, it is by far, I think, one of my favorites just because of how outlandish and ridiculous it is in a very good way um, with the whole beauty line by Titania being She-Hulk with that whole like exhibit that she had going on for all of her products. Just the notion that <laughs> she copyrighted the name She-Hulk to use for her beauty products just to get back at Jennifer is hilarious. And I think, you know, everything kind of came full circle because they brought back all, uh, all four of her, pretty much all of them were bad dates. Uh, <laughs> if you, there's, I mean, I guess the last guy, but he kind of only was into She-Hulk and not Jennifer. And that was kind of a bummer. But yeah, so this episode was definitely one of my favorites. I just liked the whole side mission that Pug and Nikki went on to visit the Boba Shop slash off-brand Avengers merch yeah. slash <laughs> this underground superhero costume creator, which I thought was super cool because, I don't know, the, the I forget his, uh, the guy's name that they have the appointment with, the guy who creates the costumes, but that's something that isn't really touched upon before in the MCU. So I thought that was pretty interesting because obviously Tony makes a lot of the Avengers stuff, but no one really knows where everything else comes from, so... I just really liked how this episode kind of was just a lot of fun. I think that's the easiest way to put it. Yeah, no, I really do agree with a lot of that. I think, and this is something we've talked about a lot, um, with She-Hulk is kind of it taking that almost behind-the-scenes look at being an Avenger. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we've been seeing so much of. And you touched on even with, like, this person who makes superhero outfits and, you know... I think it's been a, a thought that might have crossed my brain before, but I never really sat there and was like, oh, someone has to actively make these. Like, someone has to look at the superhero and be like, okay, you need this, this, and this, so here you go. Yeah. Like, I So I thought that was really interesting, and that just adds to that background of, you know, we're seeing being a superhero from a very different point of view of, I think, what we normally see. But as far as this episode, I think it went very much in the tone of episode four. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, it was a little slower. But I also think there's an aspect to which I think one through three came out swinging so hard 
that kind of slowing down a little bit, I just have to accept that a little more. Yeah. And I'm not great at always accepting things. So I just think the tone is in the middle of shifting. And I think that, you know, the Titania storyline, which we'll get into in a second here, since that's really the big part of this episode, Mm -hmm. is what we're going to really ride out the rest of this show with. I think she's going to finally make more of her debut as being a formidable foe for She-Hulk. And that's what I was kind of confused on. So I guess Titania is really going to be the main antagonist, the main villain of the show. Because I know they had, um, I'm blanking on the name, the group that had the the shiny objects that attacked Jennifer. The Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew. Yes, there it is. So like, obviously, I don't think the Wrecking, I mean, the Wrecking Crew, I think, is working for someone we haven't met yet. Yeah, I agree. So I'm wondering, so if... so is Titania... So that's what I was kind of confused. I don't know if you caught it. So is Titania going to be the main villain? Or is there someone else we haven't met yet that's kind of kind of going to be introduced in the last couple of episodes that maybe is the reason Jennifer teams up with Daredevil? Who knows? Yeah. And obviously, we'll definitely have to hit into that Daredevil a little bit in, further into the episode. But yeah, that's been... I feel like when we first were introduced to Titania, and I know Taylor and I both had mentioned about this during that episode, it was like a 30-second little fight scene, and then that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. We didn't hear much about her, and the show's really been marketing her a lot. So we were like, this can't be it. This can't be the end of that, because that was such a waste. And, and the actress who plays her is so amazing as well, so it would be a waste of her. Mm-hmm. So her coming back in, I definitely... I'm ready to see where that bigger... And I know there's a fight scene coming. That new trailer confirmed it. So we will see that, but you bring up the Wrecking Crew, and I think that's almost the same thing that happened to Titania in the first episode. Like, we went four episodes almost without really having much of a storyline with her after that, so I think we're going to face the same thing with the Wrecking Crew. Mm -hmm. And I love your idea that that might be where Daredevil finally comes in. And I... I fully agree. I mean, we threw out some theories about the Wrecking Crew working for Kingpin. At the time, they seemed kind of out there. I'm almost starting to wonder otherwise, just because for those of you who don't know, at D23, it was pretty much confirmed that Daredevil Born Again will be pretty much a reboot, I guess is the best way to put it. We at the time had thought the Kingpin coming in, that would make sense with Daredevil, but maybe this would be an origin sort of for him and Kingpin's rivalry if Kingpin would be behind all of this. So it's definitely interesting. We definitely have two foes, and I think right now Titania is going to be that shiny metal we see in the front, but I definitely think there's more to come with those wrecking crew group and who's really leading them. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's kind of fun because I now live in Los Angeles where the show takes place. Um, So it's kind of cool because I'm recognizing exterior shots and and they said, oh, there's a billboard on Santa Monica Boulevard. It's like, oh, I I drove down that the other day. Awesome. But they were were doing, like you said, a lot of marketing with Titania. Um, The actress, who I'm, I'm blanking on her name, but she was in The Good Place, who plays Titania, was like walking down a main street in Los Angeles, spray painting mm-hmm. She-Hulk posters, yeah, like in person, and I thought that was kind of cool. So, like to talk about that, they have been marketing Titania a lot, and especially in person. Uh, and so it was, yeah, kind of a brief introduction in the courtroom fight in the very first episode, and then bits and pieces of her. And I think, like you said, this is like the first episode where she's been prominently featured, but not really just a name mention. Or a side hustle, so it'll be interesting to see. And I'll I'll save any predictions for for towards the end of, end of the episode because I know that's that's important. So I don't want to say anything now, but <laughs> it, it will be cool to see 
uh, more of Titania's powers, because as of right now, we're not quite sure what she's capable of. Right. And I mean, it'll be interesting because with the MCU, it's not always very clear as far as comics what's going to translate. Mm -hmm. So comic book-wise, she's very similar to She-Hulk. Power-wise, they're pretty much even. And I know even when we were first introducing her in the predictions, I kind of just made the comparison of, okay, well, it is like the abomination to the Hulk. They're pretty much the same, just one's, you know, evil. Um, there's not a better way to say that, I guess. I don't know. Simply put, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I definitely, I, I want to see if we're going to hold to that. I know, I think Jen made a comment about her having some, like, amateur, like, powers or something in this episode. And so I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where she takes this because I think this was a good episode to show we're still doing the courtroom, we're still doing the lawyer show, mm -hmm. but I have a feeling with her making such a foe out of Titania that, like, by the book, sort of, even just the courtroom idea, and when I say courtroom battle, I don't refer to the first one, I mean quite literally just, like, battling it down a courtroom. I think that's that by that book kind of idea, and now Titania is going to take it further and take it into an actual superhero fight, and I'm excited to see that. I really want to see, you know, Jen put her full potential forward too, but I want to see, you know, what Titania can pull out of it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, kind of going off of that, I do enjoy how each episode, for me at least, kind of feels like its own part of the story, where it doesn't necessarily, I mean, there obviously are main storylines flowing throughout the episodes. But this episode, this most recent episode, it was primarily just based around the court case yeah. of Jennifer going against Titania. And I really did like that because, yes, um, Nikki and Pug go off on their, their side quest for Jennifer's costume, but it really is just about the court the courtroom scenes. And I think that's really cool because you don't have to worry about focusing on other things. You can kind of just focus on the court case. And to a lot of people, it's like, oh, why aren't they introducing more storylines or more characters or stuff like that? But I really like how, you know, it's it kind of grounded itself, this episode, with just the court case and any other additional details that we may may need. And so I really liked how it kind of just focused. It was, very, it was a very focused episode, which I really liked. Yeah, and, and it's funny you kind of say that because I know that's something we were kind of talking about before as well was – this has a very almost sitcom-y feel where if I were, and I always use Friends as an example, I'm a huge Friends fan. Great example. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong. But it's like you, I can turn on Friends at any point and I don't necessarily need to know what's happening to be enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Like each episode has its plot, but it might, and I know we, I did use an example before of like Monica and Chandler, their baby, they, they're trying for a baby in one of the last few seasons. And that's a big like plot line for the entire season. But every episode has its own thing happening. Like, Rachel did this, and Ross did that. And, you know, you're following all these other things. So this has very much this feel. And you brought up Nikki and Pug, who I adore both of them. Any episode Pug is in is probably one of my favorites, just because his interactions with Jen and Nikki are really awesome. I just, I find him hilarious. And... It's also funny you said side quest because in my notes I have it written that I love their side quest yeah. <laughs> because that's what it was. <laughs> but I just thought it was so funny how these two are kind of going off and they're telling their part of the story, but it still came together in the end. And that's what I've been enjoying so much about the show that we're following so much more and getting so much more and it's all coming together that I feel like we necessarily would get when we have 
9,000 characters and we're doing this and now we're at a different location every time and this is not me like totally badgering on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I love that show but it's true you know we constantly had new characters and we constantly were in different places and you know this one's very much here you go you know what's going on, mm-hmm. but you're get you you're following all the characters, and you feel like you know them a little more. Yeah, I mean, going off of that, um, and to throw another multicam sitcom reference in there, Pug reminds me a lot of Schmidt from New Girl. Oh my I, gosh, I'm getting very Schmidt <laughs> vibes from Pug. I love Schmidt. <laughs> but who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> honestly, that's true. But I think you made a good point. I didn't really think about is like each of these episodes are very like sitcom related, where you know there's a beginning. Then you get the title sequence. Then there's a conflict. And at the very end, there's a resolution. Yeah. And any any sitcom that you watch, it kind of follows that sort of structure. Whereas, yes, like there's multiple different things happening. But almost at the end of every sitcom episode, all of the lines come together towards a resolution. And I think that's really cool that I didn't really notice until you brought that up about this episode specifically. Because it kind of ends with kind of a cherry on top with the case being settled, and then also Jen getting her costume, which pulls in Nikki and Pug's lines, too. So I thought that was pretty cool. And it, you make a great point, because I think a lot of a lot of times in past Marvel shows, occasionally you'll kind of get bogged down by an episode, whereas this one, in a good way, don't get me wrong, but there's just a lot going on, whereas here it's kind of very, here's what's going on, very simple, very, you know, funny, very easy to comprehend, very colorful, and energetic and i really like that that tone in each of these episodes and especially the fourth wall breaks kill me oh yeah towards the end where jennifer's like oh yeah my clothes and she's got the cutest look on her face (laughs) i I, I just thought that those are great yeah and and you know you were saying about all the other shows and this is not in any way to sit here you can always sit here and have that hindsight bias where you've now seen it all happen you're like oh well i guess But to be fair, a lot of the other shows did, every episode were so contingent on each other. And I don't think you could just, and I'm going to use the Falcon and the Winter Soldier as an example, just because I've already brought it up, which is ironic, because normally if I'm going to bag on a show, it'll be Loki. But (laughs) (laughs) I will use, and you know, how close Bucky is to my heart. Oh, very. Everybody knows that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I don't think I could watch episode three and be like, okay, I fully understood what's going on. Yeah. I can get through this episode. There was a resolution because there wasn't, you know, it blends right into where we go to episode four. And so, you know, rewatching them, if you want to binge them all in a row and make it feel like a movie, it's great. Mm -hmm. But I definitely kind of like this weekly feel more because I feel like I'm being completed each episode. Like I'm okay. You know, this episode ended there was this, this was resolved, you know, we're here, we're there. And I could still think of where we might go, but I'm not feeling like almost the stress of, okay, well, this line didn't finish and this didn't. And I know the amount of times I've sat here and I'm like, you know, there's only two episodes left. I don't know how they're going to fit closing all these storylines and these plot lines. Like, I don't feel stressed about that for this show at all. I'm very calm. And I love that. I like the flow of this show. And I'm excited because each week I don't, I I know getting into an episode, I'm just going to enjoy it. And that's what I really want. Yeah. And especially in past shows, Marvel does a very, very good job at um, making sure that all the episodes are connected and that we're getting new information that's integral to the plot in every single episode. And that's what we've come to know and love about Marvel is their attention to detail, how certain things connected, 
And I think, I mean, I, you, you can attest to in the past with Marvel shows, it seems like after each episode, when they, when they, when they've ended, it's been, okay, what are the conspiracy theories? What's going to happen next? What do we like all this different stuff? But yeah. with She-Hulk, it's very much like, I, I, I kind of attribute it to growing up where you'd sit, you know, on a Saturday morning and watch cartoons almost. Yeah. It kind of has that feel where just like you can, it's, it's relaxing, which is not, not a jab at previous Marvel shows, but for each of those episodes, I'm like, okay, I got to focus. I got to watch these episodes. Yep. Okay. So what does this mean? Where does this plot come in point? But with She-Hulk, it's like, I can just kind of sit back, relax in the past, past three or four episodes of She-Hulk, I've had a smile on my fr- my a smile on my face pretty much. Through- Not that I haven't with the past shows, because of course they <laughs> well, were. Well, some great. of them you shouldn't smile during because there are some well, dark okay, scenes. Yes, during the sad points or uh, all the deeper. Uh, themes um, of the past. Yes, okay. Uh, not, <laughs> there's sometimes you should not be smiling. But with She-Hulk, it's like, I was like, oh, I feel like a little kid who's like, every Thursday I plop down in the living room and kind of turn it on. I'm not saying, I mean, it is kind of more of a comic book feeling. Because I think, and this kind of talks about almost Phase 4 in general, where I don't know if Kevin, Kevin Feige said this, or just, I don't know where it came from, but it was like, when you walk into a comic book store and you pick up a random She-Hulk comic, you're going to read it and it's going to be great, but it's not going to necessarily tie in with anything She-Hulk you've seen or read in the past. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what Phase 4 has been about, where it's it's more of a, you walk into a comic book store, you pick up a, a, a Thor Love and Thunder comic, and you read it and you enjoy it for what it is, but it doesn't necessarily tie directly to anything you've known in the past. And that's kind of how these She-Hulk episodes feel. It's kind of like a comic book popping out of the pages where it's just, you just enjoy it for what it is and you don't really have to think about any broader implications. You just sit down, you see all the color, the colors and the jokes and the humor, and it all kind of collides into a very tightly wound episode. And I really do like that. No, I love that idea. And I like how you described all that. It really does bring a a great way to look at this show. And I know the show has been disputed for many reasons. Um, Review bombed by terrible people. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and I know we've already talked enough about the twerking scene and what, (laughs) so we won't get there. But (laughs) regardless, you know, I, I think you really got to look at the show as you've described it. You walk in and you grab a comic book. I mean, I dabble in the comic books myself and it's not, I don't think I have any, cause I try to collect Bucky ones. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have any that actually connect to each other. I've read them all. I don't know, like as far as what I can recall from when I've read them, I don't remember them all being consecutive stories. Cause I just find ones with him on them and I'm like, Okay, you're coming home with me. (laughs) That's, but it's true. And that is what this show feels like. I love that you said that. I really do. But I guess we should get to probably, I don't want to say the biggest part of the episode because I definitely think setting up the Titania and the Jen slash now She Hulk officially, she's allowed to call herself that. Yeah. Beef is definitely important. But this was probably, I mean, I gasped and then I had to write in all caps that in my notes, not that I thought I'd forget this part, but just in case. Yeah. But we got our first official sighting, I guess, or or reference to Daredevil, which I'm pumped. I literally screamed and paused (laughs) it, rewound and, and watched it again. 
And it, it and it's so interesting because it is a different colored suit. It's a suit that we haven't seen before. And I think that's really interesting. So it, I'm wondering, because you mentioned earlier um, that uh, how the, the Daredevil, is it reborn? Born again. Born again. Sorry. It means the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a reboot of the character. So I'm wondering if the col- the new color of kind of the yellowish gold is kind of a signal that it's not necessarily the same Daredevil that we know from the show. So I'm wondering if it's maybe because the colors are different, if it signals a slight departure, because I think everybody was so excited. Because arguably, you know, Daredevil, Daredevil is obviously the best, one of the best shows before like the MCU Disney shows. No offense to Luke Cage or the Defenders or anything like that, but our Daredevil is the best. I mean, it was a really great, great show. So I'm wondering, the, the, the biggest thing is I think fans are, were super excited, but they're also like, hmm, like, how is Marvel and Disney going to approach this character? Yeah. How is it going to be different from the show we know and love previously? So I think that's kind of why it's almost, you know, it doubles the excitement level because whatever Daredevil we get in She-Hulk is definitely going to be a sign of what's to come. So I think that's really what makes his appearance so important because not only are we going to like see his character again, but we're also going to see, okay, how are, how is Marvel and Disney going to tackle this character from a show that, you know, for lack of better words, is very gruesome and gritty and dark. So I think that's, that's what excites me the most. It's like, okay, how is this Daredevil going to compare to previous, the previous version we saw in his own show? Yeah, I know. I, I, it's on my list to watch. So I haven't actually seen it. But I do know it's got that grittier feel, a little more gruesome. Taylor's talked about it before, and I'm excited to watch it. But I will say I was pretty shocked when they confirmed that, you know, Born Again will not really be a continuation. I was pretty blown away by that. Mm -hmm. Just because, I mean, we obviously saw him in No Way Home. We all kind of expected it to just be a continuation of what we've seen when you kind of bring back a character who and the person who played that character so i'm intrigued i'm excited and i like how you were kind of saying the suit kind of means a new thing and i think that's totally valid i think up until about five days ago i didn't think a thing of the suit i just kind of was like cool they're doing a different version of his comic book suit that's so cool and now i really do see that as this is a turning point and this is a different version of daredevil that we're going to get so i'm pretty pretty pumped i'm will or i will say I have heard that there might not be an appearance of him until the 8 or 9 in She-Hulk, mm-hmm. which shocks me because we already got the helmet. And it also makes me a little upset because I feel like that's going to be like the last ditch thing that we're going to see. And I've been waiting <laughs> throughout this whole show to finally see him come in. Yeah. But I also have to laugh because at the end of the, the day, this man is going to appear in the show because he's picking up a new superhero outfit, and that is what this comes down to. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting because, like you said, we're not quite sure what level of involvement he will have in the show. Because obviously Matt Murdock is a lawyer. The show is about superhumans and, and lawyer and court cases. Yeah. So are we going to see, like, maybe we'll just see the Daredevil side of him. or Because like, I would really love to see more of Matt Murdock not in his daredevil costume so i'm wondering i i hope there's more involvement than simply 
uh, Matt showing up in his Daredevil costume or coming to pick it up and then maybe the next episode ends... Okay, sorry, we're getting into predictions. But um, maybe the, the next episode ends with, you know, Matt coming to pick up his suit and then we don't see him for an episode and then we see him in his suit in the finale. But I'm really hoping we get more of the Matt Murdock lawyer talk, lawyer involvement in the show because I do love how each episode sometimes just focuses on one court case or one. Yeah. So I think it would be really interesting to see, do we get more daredevil or do we get more lawyer Matt Murdock? Yeah. Especially because, and I don't want to make this all about the the trailer that dropped last week for the second half of She-Hulk, because this isn't a trailer predictions. This is obviously off, off of episode five, but we do have confirmation that he will be Matt and daredevil we know this, so to your point, I'm oh, kind of... Oh, I didn't of... see the trailer, so that's great to hear. Oh, well, there you go. I'm letting you know. Good news. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, all your wishes come true here. Don't worry. Wow. I guess I'll have to watch that after. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, you're good. You're good. Because we you raised a good question of, you know, are we going to see primarily Daredevil or are we going to see primarily Matt? And I think what I loved about the trailer is you actually almost can get the feeling that he... and. Now, this goes back to knowledge I have from Taylor that he's extremely secretive about his identity in his other show. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we have to now almost take that with a grain of salt. But it almost comes across in the trailer that he shares his identity with Jen. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the scene in which he's talking to her as Matt, he's explaining, like, you know, Jen Walters can do amazing things in the courtroom, but She-Hulk can fight what needs to be fought outside of it. And which is very much a Matt Murdock thing to say. Yeah. So I have to kind of feel that maybe he shares his identity. I know there's also been some rumors, and I just have to share them because they're rumors, but they've kind of floated around that she might make an appearance now in his show as well. Oh, that would be so cool. So I feel like we have a good budding, at least friendship, on our hands here. And I think he's going to be a great addition, even if it is for one episode to this show. I... I said from the beginning, these two characters are probably two that have the most in common, both in and out of superhero kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be pretty intrigued with just their connection because, you know, she's a lighthearted character. She breaks that fourth wall, as you mentioned earlier. She brings more of this comedy and even like sexualization that I know her character has a lot of in the comics brings it into the show. And I'm I'm excited to see how daredevil fits into this mold of how this show is run yeah and i think you make a good point they're very similar characters obviously they're both lawyers they're very knowledgeable and very smart in their human forms and not only their human forms but also their superhero forms not that matt (laughs) changes size and color like jennifer does (laughs) but it is interesting to think about how they're they're very similar they're both lawyers they both have secret identities Granted, Matt keeps his more of a secret in in the previous Daredevil show. But I did see an interview where I think Charlie, the actor who plays Matt Murdock, says he, in the new show, is going to explore the more lighthearted and comedic side of Matt Murdock and Daredevil. Awesome. Because I do believe, again, I don't know for sure, um, but I do believe that in the comics, Matt and slash Daredevil are very quippy as you know the love the, as we've come to know and love in the MCU it's all it's been very comedic and short quips but he, in the comics he's very quippy he's very funny uh not as much as you know a Peter Quill or a Peter Parker necessarily 
But I do think um, in the interview, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to explore more of the lighter side because in the previous show, it was very dark, very gritty, very brooding, kind of almost not to mention the DC, but a very much darker brooding like On a Batman this podcast? film. <laughs> I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. Don't bring that over here. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I think it'll be interesting to see because obviously, like you said, Jen you know, she's very lighthearted. She's very humorous and outgoing, energetic and high energy. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of Matt Murdock we see. Maybe it'll be, you know, a more lighthearted one. So maybe it's not necessarily the same Matt Murdock that we saw in the previous show, but maybe it's, you know, it's still the character we know and love, but maybe it's a slightly different version of him where, like you said, maybe he doesn't keep his identity as Daredevil under wraps as much as he has in the past. So I think that'll be really cool to see how that plays out because maybe it's just a different version of Daredevil than we've become akin to seeing. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm I'm excited to follow this sort of, for lack of better words, born-again version of Daredevil and to see what, you know, he's going to do both in the show and moving forward, how they're going to, I don't want to say change the character because... To your point in the comics, he has almost this dry yet very sarcastic humor to him mm-hmm. that like sometimes you'll and I see certain threads that Daredevil will be in or like Matt will be in and they're saying things and you're just like you almost have to double back and be like that was a joke. Like that was funny. <laughs> be like, hold on. <laughs> yeah, but he says it the way he says it that you almost don't don't pick up on it right away because he says it just so nonchalantly. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that. I really am. I think it'll be an interesting change. And I think this is the perfect place to kind of see it debut. So I'm excited. Okay, so after all this Daredevil talk, I have I have to take us back to the main character of this show and She-Hulk herself. And, you know, something that got brought up last episode and I was very passionate about in the blog post for last episode is I feel like Jen is having... Almost the same struggle that Bruce had, which is, I think, the irony in this show, because she starts off this episode saying how much, and I am I should clarify, not the exact same sort of struggle, because he definitely had other struggles with being the first Hulk. Mm-hmm. But as far as trying to integrate his two halves, I feel like this is a struggle that we're seeing her have. And, you know, this episode continued this, and I think... You know, we have to talk about how this is such an important growth period for her character. I mean, she is trying to figure out who's Jen, who's She-Hulk. And, you know, I think this episode really started to show her more the capabilities of who's She-Hulk. I think she's starting to accept her a lot more. Mm -hmm. And so she's trying to, or hopefully starting to try to blur that line. Because I think we see the first four episodes, we have a very black line down that middle of who's who and i think maybe we're starting to see a little bit of gray but what about you what are your thoughts on that yeah no i think that's that's exactly right because i think for the first you know several appearances by bruce as the hulk he was this big rage monster where he was destroying everything and you know yes he was a part of the team who helped save the city multiple times but I still think the public kind of viewed him as this big, scary monster. Yeah. And I think he kind of struggled with that. Whereas, you know, Jen, I think since the kind of the beginning as She-Hulk, everyone was kind of for her and like like on her side. But I think 
the biggest struggle that she has is kind of how it seems like everybody loves She-Hulk, but not everybody loves Jennifer. Yeah. And especially in the dating scene with the men, especially with the, the fourth guy who was all for She-Hulk, but as soon, like in the morning when she transformed back into Jen, he wasn't really about it. And I think they kind of doubled down on that in the courtroom scene in this episode. Oh, yeah. Where, again, he was basically just like, I didn't like Jen. Jen's not my type. But She-Hulk is great. And it was an interesting mixture on Jen's face of, you know, hap- not a kind of happiness because obviously it helps their case and it helps the, uh, you know, them win the case versus Titania. But you could also just see a, a tinge of sadness that's like, all right, well, I didn't, I don't want to be this She-Hulk. Why does everybody like this version of me and not my real self? Like she didn't, she wanted no part in being a Hulk. Yeah. Obviously she didn't choose to be a She-Hulk. So I think it's an interesting dilemma in her life where I don't know, like I, I, I would assume that she's not too pleased that people prefer her as the She-Hulk. Obviously, she wouldn't have her job now at the law firm. You know, she has to show up every day in a She-Hulk form. So I don't think she necessarily hates being a She-Hulk, but I do think she just wants to be Jen. She just wants to be herself. She wants to be accepted for her. And so I think that's a tough dilemma for her because obviously her job's contingent upon her being a She-Hulk. Because she is part Hulk, you know, there's always that responsibility not to quote Spider-Man, but great with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. Not to not to pull an Uncle Ben, but or Aunt May, or Aunt May, a la uh, No Way Home. But I think it's interesting because I think, yeah, like you said, Bruce obviously was hunted by the government. Everyone pretty much hated him until Infinity War, where he was kind of able to become the like, or I guess Endgame because the Infinity War was a deleted scene. I'm getting confused, but Endgame is where we kind of saw our first appearance of Smart Hulk. And so I don't know if we've actually seen a lot of Smart Hulk in society. I don't know if we quite understand if people like him or not, but I assume they they will because he's not a rage monster anymore. So I think, you know, Jen has still has a lot of struggles, though. So I'm not, you know, you know we can't really compare the two because they're different situations and different backstories. And obviously, you know, Bruce embraced the superhero nature of his not condition, that sounds bad, but I'm struggling for the for lack of better words. But, you know, Jen, just wa- she, she wants nothing. She doesn't want to be a superhero. She yeah. doesn't want to be She-Hulk. She wants to be herself. And she wants to be, you know, the smart, confident uh, lawyer that she is. Uh, she's obviously very bright and very motivated and talented. And she wants to show off her, her lawyer prowess as herself. But it seems like nobody really cares about her and her, you know, lawyer, her lawyering abilities Unless she's six foot seven and the shade of green, which I think sucks. But personally, that would be awful. Yeah. And I mean, I think you actually kind of touch right on it is like Bruce struggled with that integration. And I think while his obviously was very much that the Hulk was a completely different person from who Bruce was. And he pretty much I know he always describes it as the other guy. And that the other guy had his hand on the wheel. Mm-hmm. And so that is something, you know, Jen can, in comparison, feel. She doesn't, she is fully Jen when she's She-Hulk. You know, there isn't that other person taking control of her body when she becomes She-Hulk or, as it said, Hulk's out. Mm-hmm. But she's also facing that struggle of, I have two versions of me. And I almost, and you know, this might be once again that hindsight bias, but I almost feel more for her just for the sake of, 
And not that I don't feel bad for what Bruce went through either. Of course I do. But I do feel from mm-hmm. her point of view, just because she's self-aware of the fact that all these people love her only when she's She-Hulk. Right. And, like, if I thought of it in for myself and I thought of myself in that position, I probably would be extremely crushed. And my confidence, like, the fact that she's going through life still blows my mind because I'd immediately shut myself away just because yeah. I would feel so rejected and feel like nobody actually likes me. They only like this other version of me that came about years after me. You know, she wasn't around for the past 15 years. Jen was, and Jen was being a successful lawyer. So, I mean, first off, kudos to her for getting out of bed every day. But <laughs> Yeah, leaving the apartment. Yeah, <laughs> but I do feel that sympathy because she's so aware of the stark difference. I mean, you also brought up that fourth guy who we saw last episode, saw again today. He pretty much was the essence of smacking someone in the face with words. And that was just the fact of he sat there and said, she hulks great. Jen, not so much. Yeah. Like, how? How? Because she is the same person. So I think we're seeing the struggle play out. And I think it's really interesting that this court case took place halfway through the episode or halfway through the show, because at the end of the day, this court case mainly highlighted that slowly she is accepting being She-Hulk. And I truly think, and I know I threw this out last episode, but I'll throw it out again. At one point in the comics, she does become She-Hulk full-time, not on her choice. There is a gamma radiation accident. But I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually see her character end with the full acceptance of being She-Hulk. Because while I don't think Jen is necessarily unhappy being Jen, I think she's starting to own, you know, who She-Hulk is and what she can be when she is her. I mean, her confidence is boosted and she just seems so much more sure of herself in life. Not necessarily, I don't want to say in the courtroom. I think she exhibits strength in both of them, both Jen and She-Hulk. Yeah. But I think in life, she just, she paves a way as She-Hulk versus just lets people kind of pave the way for her and walks it as Jen. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a great point because it's like, She-Hulk didn't go to law school. <laughs> She-Hulk didn't, you know, pass the bar exam. Yeah. It was Jennifer. and it And it's kind of sad because... I mean, to us, Jen is an awesome person. I love her. I love her character. I do I love too. Her spunk. She'd be She's my so best friend. <laughs> Honestly, it, like Jennifer's someone I would like love to get drinks with and just hang out with, and and she's funny. She's smart, and so it, it's kind of like you said, kind of like gut heart wrenching that you know this awesome person isn't accepted just because there is another version of her that's that's more popular. And it seems like again, she only got the job because she was. She-Hulk, you know, men are really only, she's only getting matches on the dating app when she changed it to have pictures of She-Hulk. So it's kind of got, kind of be sad because like you said, it's obviously still Jen. She's, it's not like, there's, it's not Bruce and then this rage monster. She's in control. She's her own self, just taller and different shade of green, different, like, you know, a a shade of green. So I think it's, it's got to stink because it's like, they're, they are the same person. There's just two I mean, now granted, very big differences, Yeah. but it's still her intellect. It's still her intelligence. It's still her sense of humor. So it's got to be hard. It's like, why Why is this one side and, or one version of me accepted? Uh, not that Jen isn't accepted, but that's kind of the only way I can really figure out how to phrase it. But like almost liked, I guess. And that mm-hmm. that's hard. Like, I, I, that's a hard way to describe because I don't mean like people hate her. No. But just like, you know, if you She's like someone... 
recognition as She-Hulk is a better way to put it. Yeah, and and people have an affinity for her versus Jen just sort of is that fly on the wall in life. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm going to continue to look out for because I think this is such a pivotal part of her origin. And, and something that I brought up in episode one was I liked that this didn't start off with like, the usual slow and steady, where has the character been, everything else that we've had to see in all the other shows. Because I think for anybody who's been following this podcast, you know, probably my biggest complaint every show is the first episode is a little slow. Like, we're trying to get going, and I just, like, I don't need to see where Hawkeye's been for the past however many months or years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I love that this kicked it off with, it showed the accident, it showed it with with well, Bruce, Smart Hulk, whatever. And then it was just like, okay, but that was months ago, so here we go back to the main story, and this is where you need to be. Like, this is the current, and this is what you need to pay attention to. So I think we're finally getting the rest of this origin in which she's figuring out where can I be She-Hulk, when should I be She-Hulk, and what does that mean? Can I accept that part of me? Because I think for the like past few episodes... She hasn't been able to really accept She-Hulk. It's just mm-hmm. sort of something she has to be. And then, you know, when can I be Jen? When does Jen come out to be me again? Uh, but, like, not even. When am I? When can I just be both of them? When can I be me being both of them? So I think this is, like, such an interesting struggle to, to see pl- being played out throughout these episodes. And I'm really excited in seeing what the last four episodes bring to us as we, I think between episodes four and five have really been putting the gas pedal on this little debate. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a great point. And I'm wondering, and again, I don't know why I am saying predictions too early, but uh, it always comes up, (laughs) but I'm wondering if because of this, the dilemma of everyone likes me as She-Hulk, but nobody really seems to pay attention to me when I'm Jennifer, if that's going to create some sort of in like internal dilemma, similar, but dissimilar from Bruce Whereas, you know, in Infinity War, you know, it was Bruce the entire time Hulk would have come out. Yeah. Because he was having that, he, he, he got his butt kicked by Thanos and for whatever other factors that were playing in, the Hulk didn't want to come out. He just wanted to be Bruce. And so I'm wondering if we're going to see some sort of internal conflict and struggle between Jen and She-Hulk in later episodes where maybe we'll get an episode where she's just all Jen because she's having kind of a a mini identity crisis where she's not quite sure who she wants to be and maybe something will happen where she can't easily transition into She-Hulk anymore because up until this point it's on a coin flip you know Nikki and and her go to the uh, what's do we do we know the character's name that creates the costumes I'm totally blanking on his name They definitely said it I'm not going to lie I don't remember <laughs> it <laughs> We'll just say uh, the designer. So when they go to meet up with the designer, basically you can, we can see how easily she can flip the coin and transform from She-Hulk to Jennifer to She-Hulk. And so I'm wondering if we'll get some sort of dilemma where she, she has an identity crisis and isn't able to turn into She-Hulk when she needs to. And I guess that, I mean, that would cause a lot of drama because she can't do her job yeah. if she can't transform into She-Hulk. So I'm wondering if this internal struggle will cause something like that in future episodes. No, and I love that theory because, I mean, how can you almost not have an identity crisis eventually? Mm-hmm. I think she's been so calm about all of this, and I give her a lot of credit because... Yeah, she's dealt with it really well. Yeah, I mean, I like I even said earlier, being treated so differently one way or another 
like if that had happened to me, I really would crawl to a halt mm-hmm. because I, especially being the version of me that's been around for, I don't know, let's say 30 years, don't know how old she is. But like the version of me that's been around 30 years and now all of a sudden everybody's just like, anyway, there's a cooler version of you that exists every, you know, yeah, however Yeah, bring the cooler often. version out. We don't, we don't like you. Yeah. Like get out of here with her. We like She-Hulk. Yeah. So I, I would be intrigued to see that, that come out to play because this is going to be what I assume a pivotal thing in her character development. I couldn't see how it wouldn't be. So we'll have to see how that's played out. But that is all I have. Do you have any thoughts, theories, anything else you want to throw out there for the fans? Hi, fans. I'll talk to you directly now. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm no longer here. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to think of what I already said because, you know, for for better or for worse, I kind of threw out my projections scattered throughout this episode. <laughs> so apologies for not saving them till the end like normal. But yeah, again, I just think there's going to be some struggle where She-Hulk's not going to be able to come out. I do think... With with Daredevil, I, I hope they don't do this, but I hope he has more of a presence in the last couple of episodes. But again, this is She-Hulk's show, so I, I don't want them to make it, you know, more about Matt than than Jennifer. But yeah, again, I think hopefully in the next couple of episodes, not hopefully, um, but I'm, I'm guessing we will, because we still don't really know who the... Uh, why am I blanking on the name? The cleanup crew? What was it called? The Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew, yep. We don't really quite know who the Wrecking Crew is working with just uh yet as so hopefully we'll we'll learn more about them and i think in this next episode or two whether it's titania whether it's the mysterious person behind the wrecking crew um i think uh an antagonist or a villain will become more established but i do hope that doesn't detract away from the titania versus she hulk because obviously uh like you said we mentioned earlier in the podcast how titania is kind of you know the main villain in the comic books or the the main adversary to She-Hulk. So I hope nothing overshadows kind of the conflict between Titania and She-Hulk and and slash Jennifer, because I really do love that. And I think, uh, you know, characters like Titania and, you know, Madison (laughs) and all these different characters, it's very, very fun, very energetic, very kind of social media influencer like vibes it's different it's different it's unique and so i hope they continue that but it'll be interesting to see okay like will this will this season or in the series continue as it has been in the very sitcom nature which i love but or will it maybe in the next couple episodes kind of get more tied down to okay you know let's establishing the stakes and whatnot which again, if the, if it doesn't end up happening, great. Like I love how it's very much you sit down and you know and just enjoy it for what it is each week, and you don't have to worry about conspiracy theories or over analyzing it. You can kind of just sit down and enjoy yourself. So it you know so that that'll be interesting to see where this episode, season goes. Like, will it just continue as it is, or will maybe it'll take a departure in ways that I don't can't really envision as of right now. So I I don't really have any idea of where this season can go besides maybe um, whether that's Titania or another villain kind of comes to the forefront. Cause other than that, I think this episode, especially in this, the past couple of episodes have been perfect. And as far as humor and tone and, and story building and world building. So I, I honestly don't know <laughs> uh, what's to come and I'm that, which makes it even more exciting. Yeah. Honestly, going right off of that to finish out my last thought too, you couldn't have said it better is that, 
I also honestly have no idea where this is going to go. And I mean, if I didn't see that one thing from a very reputable source on Twitter that was saying that Daredevil might not come until uh, episodes eight and nine, I would be like, oh, Daredevil's totally coming next episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe he is. But, you know, my reputable source, which is a quote literally from, I believe, the director, (laughs) is saying otherwise. Maybe it's a little misdirection. Yeah, I mean, don't quote me for sure, but if that holds true, I I couldn't tell you where episode six is, and that's... I like that, you know? I like that I actually don't know where this is for sure going to go, and I also hope that they keep this Titania line going. I think this might be the big thing we, we continue to see for the rest of this episode, or the rest of this series, so I'm excited. I really can't wait till next Thursday. It makes me look forward to Thursdays. And, you know, Thursdays can kind of suck sometimes, especially when you're yeah, working Yeah, because it's like, time. why is it not Friday already? Exactly. And I had that feeling today until I got to watch She-Hulk and it made me feel better. So exactly. <laughs> I am very much looking forward to our episode six. But if that is all you've got, I know that's all I've got for this episode. All right. We're getting a, a nod of the head. So we are good to sign off here. I'm not going to pretend to be Taylor and know her entire spiel because I don't. So I am just going to say make sure you guys are subscribing to our podcast and checking out the blog, which I do as best of a job as I can to get up there and you guys can follow along with what we've said in the episode, some of our theories, and also some things that we've talked about that maybe we didn't have a chance to talk about on the podcast or came out afterwards. So make sure you guys are checking all that out. Also, make sure you guys are checking out our Redbubble shop. That will be linked below, so you can go check it out, buy some stuff. You know, you gotta have merch for your favorite podcast, so definitely go and check that all out. And then also make sure you guys are following us on Twitter at Let's Talk MFT. All of our blog and podcast episodes will be coming out there, linked directly, so you guys can find any new episodes or blog posts right there. And you can also find any theories or news or anything else that we're seeing or sharing on our own. So follow, everything will be right there. And before we sign off, I will give Davis another thank you for filling in once again for Taylor. She will be back next week. But thank you, Davis. We appreciate it, truly. It's always a pleasure. I always enjoy being on the podcast. So thank you for having me. Well, we love having you on here. And, you know, until next time, because there will always be a next time. But yes, Taylor will be back next week. It'll be me and her again. So not to fret. You won't have to worry about anybody missing. But until then, make sure you guys are keeping up with all the Marvel content along with all of ours because Marvel just blew your mind. So let's talk about it.